Welcome to Documentary First, an inside look at a first-time filmmaker's journey. I'm your host, Jason Rugg, filling in for Josh Lindsay. Once again, he's become incredibly unreliable. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and with us is our first-time filmmaker, Christian Taylor. Hey, Jason and Josh. We, Even though you're unreliable, we still love you, and we can't wait for you to come back. <laughs> uh, Christian, I just want to say, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I love your humor, Jason. (laughs) And joining us as well is Sam King. And I don't know exactly what your title is, Sam, but I think it's assistant Um, editor. Is that what it was? I believe I'm lead video editor for social media. He is. He's the lead video editor for social media, but he was also an assistant editor on the film. He came in on the tail end and uh, made a very strong, significant contribution and ended up getting his name in the credits and Got an IMDb credit, so that was pretty cool. And we got uh, our closed captioning done. <laughs> so, But yeah, Christian, I realized, um, you know, I did like a little bit of footage sorting at the very beginning of the film, and my, my name wasn't wasn't in the credits for that. So I'm like, yeah. I've been holding this grudge ever since I found out. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jason. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. Anyway, please forgive me. You know, no, it's fine. Uh, so anyways, uh, let's get an update about the film. I, I've heard there's something going on with um, you're still getting people from Delta, right? Yeah, I mean, it's been super exciting. I never really realized how many people ride Delta or fly Delta, I should say. So we've been getting tweets, Instagram pictures, Facebook messages. I've been getting emails all from people who have seen the film and discovered it online, including some of our own team members. So uh, John Johnson, who's Corey Johnson, if you look him up on IMDb, he was in Band of Brothers, Captain Phillips, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, He's one of my... Yep. (laughs) Um, He's one of my dear friends from college, and he also was one of the co-contributors, like a consulting producer early on in this project. And he was flying from London to uh, Louisiana, and he saw it. And so that was super cool. And, uh, you know, somebody wrote me after they landed and said, oh, my gosh, this is the most wonderful, you know, film I've ever seen. I want to share it with everybody. If I give you a thousand dollars, how many DVDs can you give me? Um, So, you know, I want to share it with everybody. And so that was just such an incredible blessing to know that there's just been this huge response uh, from people. So that's been good. Uh, We got some other exciting news this week. Um, Some people, if you're on our mailing list, you will have already heard this. Uh, And if you're not on our mailing list, please go to our website and sign up because we we do give our mailing list um, people sort of the inside scoop all the time. Um, And the inside scoop here is that we are invited to screen the girl who wore freedom in Normandy on June 5th, 2022. So I thought we had lost that opportunity. We won the Normandy world war II film festival for 2021, but there was a pandemic and D day was canceled and we couldn't do it. And so when I asked them, well, can we do it in 2021, 2022? Uh, they said, no, it's going to move on to the next film. And I still haven't found out what happened, but it, I really don't care at this point. Um, they are now, go- they've already advertised that they're going to feature our film. So I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. I don't really care how it happened. I'm just so thankful it has. All of our French people are so excited. One of the differences with this screening is going to be that it's going to have French subtitles. So that means that, you know, it is the French version of our film so that French people will be able to understand what I'm saying in English. Um, so 
yeah, it's going to be pretty amazing. And I'm so excited for that. Now, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, you might think about wanting to join Patreon at this point, because at the upper tier level, you can uh, join and <laughs> join us for Normandy. I think if you are supporting at the $250 level for six months or more, maybe you can, uh, you can come with us to Normandy. So uh, you might want to think about that if you're not a Patreon subscriber. So even if you decide not to subscribe to Patreon, we would still love for you to join us over there. Uh, you can get a flight. I can, you know, I can help you with, uh, with important lodging tips or, or tour tips. Thanks to all the people in our film uh, it's going to be a really special time. So that's the news on the film front. Uh, nothing really has happened. Um, we're hoping someone at Netflix has seen the film, really liked it. Um, we are hoping there is some open door there to work with our distributor. I'm not sure. A girl can hope, but uh, <laughs> there's really nothing solid on that. Just a lot of rumors. And then um, The Brave Dutch, we're still working on. We're still working on getting our pitch together to go and pitch to all the streaming services and, um, you know, cable channels and stuff like that. And then, you know, the theme of life happens in film work is still going on. As you can see, if you're watching, I am back in my house in Wheaton, Illinois. Very happy to be here. But I do have to go back to Mississippi in a week because we have to sell and my father's house, liquidate all the stuff in there. And that's going to be another big project. And so, uh, you know, life goes on. Uh, we still keep trying to do as much work as we can around the life that is happening and keep a positive attitude and see what's coming around the pike. Well, awesome. Sounds like some good things are happening. Yeah. For the most part, <laughs> it's the life stuff that's challenging. It was very yeah. hard to leave my father. I had to leave my that's dad right. yesterday. And um, after being with him for four weeks, uh, you know, I was sort of his executive functioning brain for, you know, that four weeks. And so just to leave was hard. And today he went rogue. So I'm trying to manage that chaos uh, from here. So that's just not fun. But. So anyway, did he even make it 24 hours or was it more like, <laughs> uh, let's see. No, he didn't make it 24 hours. I left uh, at, you know, seven or 8 PM and he left this morning at, he's like, I'm out of here. I'll be back in a week or two. And he was gone. And so, uh, um, you know, yeah, it's a hard transition for people in this dementia stage. And of course I'm completely new to this and I really have no idea how to, how to handle it. So it's just kind of a day by day situation. So if you're a praying person, I sure would appreciate your prayers. <laughs> anyway, yeah. we, uh, I brought Sam on today. I know you're probably wondering this. Uh, I brought Sam on today because, uh, <laughs> I think Sam's story is funny because it sort of intersects with what I'm talking about because Sam Last week had a thing happen to him, a life thing happened to him that took him out of his film work game. Uh, and he ended up with a lot of time on his hands. So that kind of dovetails into how life can sort of hijack your work plans. Um, and as yeah. I started thinking about that, I started realizing Sam is one of our intern success stories, I feel like. Um he reached out to me because he heard about this film project when he was still in film school. It was in his spring semester. And he reached out, wondered if we needed help. And of course we did. He came on board um, really green, but very eager to work and super motivated 
to learn and be helpful. And in a very, very short period of time, I saw his work ethic, his character, um, and I saw the responsibility that he was willing to take on. And I just continued to work with that. You know, I really feel like you can work with anybody if they have a desire to learn, a teachable spirit, um, and, and really willing to shoulder stuff for other people. And I saw Sam start to pick up balls from others um, and saw he could really be a valuable member to our team. So I knew from a, you know, production company standpoint, um, like I said, Sam is a success story. And we've had actually many of those people that have come in, have interned for a while, grown in experience, really helped the project. Uh, and I'm a big fan of helping, you know, using a project to help younger people get started and learn their skills and be part of a group. And so um, I just wanted to bring Sam on and kind of give, you know, have him give his perspective. And Jason, I'm sure, you know, you, you've got some questions for him or you're going to hear him say stuff. Uh, feel free to jump in. Uh, but I'll start off, Sam, why don't you talk to us about why you decided to intern and if you felt it was a good decision and if so, why? Um, well, I'll answer the second question first. I mean, absolutely. It was a great decision. One of the coolest things that have happened to me in my young career, uh, really, it blows my mind. Um, um, I, um, I, I, I almost didn't choose to intern, not because I didn't want to, but because I was insecure. It actually took two, two times on the Holy Post podcast for you to say, shout out and say, we need interns. First time I was like, eh, eh, I don't know. Eh. And then I distinctly remember being bored in quarantine one day, walking out to, I lived in a very rural part of West Palm Beach, Florida. I was sitting out on a canal bank just watching the water and listening to the Holy Post. And you said it for the second time, second week in a row. Hey, we need uh, editing volunteers. Give me, uh, hit me up on this email. So I'm like, all right, uh, I'm going to walk back home and I'm going to email Christian. And within an hour of sending that email, um, I got a call from you. And I had been listening to Phil Vischer Holy Post podcast for like seven years up to that point. So it was crazy that um, this voice I've been hearing on a podcast for years, I, can now talk back to it. It's in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember um, that conversation. You were so funny because you just really couldn't get your mind around that fact. And I think yeah. it's so funny now because you talk to me just like I'm, you know, anybody like I, I love yeah. it that now I'm just a regular person and, you know. Yeah. Now you're just my friend Christian. You're yeah. no longer the, great. the, the object in, of Christian Taylor, the podcaster. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, all right. You volunteered. And uh, were you surprised early on? Like what seems, what things surprised you as we brought you into the project? Well, um, as we talked about, the first thing that um, was both a challenge, but I really actually enjoyed it. It wasn't like a bad challenge. What's what's going on with Jason's mic? <laughs> Sorry, my Sorry, mic just everybody that's to float just up into my face. <laughs> Jason's mic is floating into his head. So. <laughs> All right, anyway, go ahead, Sam. Um, Sorry the, to first video, the first big project I had was the uh, uh, D-Day project, uh, the Thank You Carenton video. Um, that was a seven-minute video. It was a lot of footage to sift through. It was kind of like a big jump into the deep end kind of thing. Um, and, uh, I think the, the thing that was different about this project versus projects I had done in school up to that point was all the revisions. 
Um, and I think on, maybe not on that one, but on the other two videos after that, the Bob Friesen videos, um, I got up to like version 10 or 11 on both of them. Um, and it was your comments. And I think some of Bill Ebel's, um, our lead editor on the film and that made it challenging. There were times when like it irritated me just cause I wasn't used to it, but like, I thought it was really cool because in film school, you often, I, I mean, I often like waited to the last second to finish projects. You slam the edit together, put the video out, never think about it again. You get the grade, you get their notes, and you're done forever. Um, but it was uh, really, it was really good to keep coming back to the same project and keep like, uh, you know, smoothing out the bits that don't work, trying to figure out. Um, it was fun. It, it was actually fun. Like times when you're like, when you or Bill would say something and I would be, I would think like, that's not, I don't know if that will work, but then I would have to kind of creatively figure out how I would make that work. Um, and so I can't yeah, remember I, who I, the I question mean, was, but yeah. Yeah. I love that part of the process. And Bill and I have had that many times. We've talked about that on here where I'll say, Bill, I want you to do this. And he'll be like, no, that won't work. And I'm like, can you just try it for me? Just try it. I mean, it may not work, but can you just try it? And then he'll be like, yeah, it worked. <laughs> or yeah, I made it work. You know, it's kind of like we all as editors and directors, we stretch each other. Um, and there are many times where my suggestions don't work at all. And that challenges me to rethink, well, how am I going to tell this part of the story? Uh, I, I love that about this craft. Um, it really is more of a, of a puzzle giant puzzle piece that you're putting together. Um, and it's a, you know, cooperative puzzle piecing session. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a key part of, of learning to work with other creatives is finding oftentimes that the note doesn't mean exactly what they're saying. It's that this is a problem. Here's what I think will fix it. And it'll, you'll be like, no, 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 that, that, that there's no way that'll fix it. And it's like, okay, that kind of fixed it, but I need to do some other things with it to, to smooth out those edges or, or that sort of thing. It's, it's a pretty fun process. And I think that that's a, that's a key part that a lot of creatives, like you don't learn that in school. You don't learn how to take the theory of a note rather than the actual like words on the paper of, Oh, this time code, we need to change this. So I, I, I would like to hear more of how you kind of came to that realization, Sam, of that growth and, and change. Um, I would love to hear a little bit about that. Um, uh, the, the, the realization uh... that, that, you know, sometimes someone will give you a note and you have to put your own creative spin on it. Do you have like one specific moment where it like kind of clicked for you? I remember. Uh, <laughs> Christian has a specific memory. I, I remember a few times. I don't remember the exact like edit choice, but I remember there was just a few times that. Well, there was an animatic. Yeah. I think one of oh, our yeah. first animatic that one Jonathan was was helping us with, and um, you know, there's several little things where um, what I this is where I saw a huge growth step in you, Sam. Where I had a very specific idea, and you disagreed with it. You're like, no, no, I disagree with that. No, that's not going to work. That's the problem. As I became less intimidated by you, I started fighting back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then what I had to teach Sam. So I love that independent spirit. I love that creativity. I love that pushback. And in this one particular edit, however, 
I said, I love that particular pushback. That's fantastic. Keep that independent spirit. But the director-editor relationship is really, you do what I tell you to do, and then you can show me an alternate later, you know, but you always need to do exactly what the director says, unless you have a relationship, you know, Bill and I kind of, he doesn't have to do that, but you know, he'll, he'll do what I ask him to do. And then he'll show me his version and then I get to pick, but he gives me that respect of doing what I ask him to do first. Yeah. That's a hard balance to find. And I generally with everything in life tend to have kind of an all or nothing type brain. So I think I've, I think I've swung too far in the other direction where I didn't, I didn't say anything in the early days. Um, I didn't give any of my creative input. I was just doing whatever you said. Um, but yeah, now that I'm more comfortable with you, I'm like, but no, like I have like this idea and this vision. Um, and it's, it's now a challenge to try to remind myself to think more like those earlier days, even though I can talk to you and say my opinion freely that before I do that, I just make the change and then explain myself and say, you know, (laughs) okay, this, I'm not sure if this worked, but this is why I think this should work. Yeah, for sure. It's a balance. And Jason, you know, to your point, I, I remember, I feel like, um, learning how to creatively collaborate is similar to when we were in school and you used to write a paper and you would get all these notes with the red marks on them. And (laughs) it was a horrible feeling. Like you see this paper, you know, and it's just got all marked up with red and like your spirit would be crushed. Like everything you did was terrible. And, you know, you would feel so personally criticized. You would take it personal. And, that's also the way some actors feel if a director gives you a direction, you know, it can crush you and you feel like, Oh, I'm, I'm terrible. But the healthy creative begins to realize that those comments are meant to make you better. They're not meant to crush your spirit or they're not meant to say you're a failure. They're meant to say, you know what, what you've got is good. Let's tweak it and make it better. And if an editor, director, actor, or whatever can receive that, constructive criticism in that way, the project as a whole becomes better. Right. Wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Sam and I have one (laughs) (laughs) So Sam, talk to me about some other things that you have learned, uh, why you've been thankful for this, you know, this time working with us. Um, well, I think just one of the coolest, uh, uh, experiences I've, I've had as a result of joining this project has been joining uh, three of the film festivals that we've done in person. That was uh, Chagrin Falls, um, Beaufort, and Dubuque. Um, just the three of the coolest experiences I've had as a young filmmaker, seeing a bunch of cool films, meeting a bunch of awesome people, um, and even just like getting to know you uh, and whoever was with us, Bill was with us on uh, one or two of those. And I got to know him. We got to hang out with uh, David Patterson for a little bit on one day. Um, and I honestly don't understand why more people don't try to join a film festival or do something to get in. Cause I think that is just the most inspiring thing. And you make a lot of connections too, but it's just, it's, it makes me like excited to be in film. Um, 
that's not so much a thing I learned, but that's just like an awesome like boon that has come as as a part of uh, being a part of this project. Um, well, and I think that that is such an important thing to think about when you enter a project. So when you're you know looking to join a project, if you're looking to volunteer or even to take a job, I think a question should you should ask is, well, what's your end objective with this project? You know, are you going to finish this? You know, is that your intention? How long is that going to take? Do you have the funds to finish the film? You know, what do you plan to do when you're done? Are you going to do a film festival run? Because a lot of films don't. Are you going to just go straight to distribution? Are you going to sell or, you know, are you going to self-distribute? And so your life as an employee of the film or, you know, part of the crew um, is going to be, your experience is going to be defined by what that film does. And, you know, I agree with you. I did not, I underestimated the value of film festivals for sure. And I too was incredibly inspired. I mean, it helped that we won 26 awards out of 29 film festivals. I'm not going to lie. That was was also kind of the great part of it. Uh, that was pretty great, but it was also inspiring to see the other films, meet the other filmmakers, make different connections. Um, yeah. it was great. That finding, finding a community of other filmmakers, um, where at least in this project, we're often working remotely, um, and, uh, kind of doing our own things on our own, but getting to come, uh, present like your finished work and, experience a bunch of other people's finished work and then actually talk to them and like talk about what that was like and share stories. Uh, it's the coolest thing. I think it's like, it, 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 it feels satisfying. Like this is why we do all put all this work into making movies. This is so that we can show it and share in, in these experiences. Yeah. I found, like I said over and over again, I found, I feel like I found my people. I feel like I found my people. They speak my language. Uh, just felt so super connected. So uh, and I loved being able to give that to you because now you have been able to make some connections that, I mean, you've even gotten some work for, you know, I mean, you think about, you know, Jay and, um, you know, Jay and Mike Panuski. I mean, you can talk a little bit about that. Uh, well, yeah, I've been in touch with uh, uh, Jay and Mike Panuski. They, uh, they made a film that screened at the Beaufort uh, South Carolina Film Festival called Mend. It was a short film that, um, was screened right before ours because it had a, a theme with uh, veterans. Um, Mike Panuski is a notable uh, character actor. He's been in a lot of things from Spaceballs to Remember the Titans to a lot of TV. Spaceballs is the one I was most excited about. Well, um, I just was watching one the <laughs> other day and I can't remember what it is. Somebody comes in to get a loan and they're turned down for a loan. It may have been... I can't remember what it was, but anyway, I was like, Oh my gosh, he's the loan officer. (laughs) Wait, wait, who was uh, he in Spaceballs? I want to know this. (laughs) Well, who was he in Spaceballs? Well, he was the, uh, the, the first cross-eyed gunner that you see, uh, whose name I can't say on this podcast. (laughs) He's my cousin. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which is amazing. The moment I found that out, I was totally geeking out. Such a great, um, such a great, oh, that whole thing. Uh, Jay is a uh, producer slash director and uh, she produced Mend and she's uh, uh, got some other projects uh, in the works and I've been in touch with her and she's connected. We, and, and they're Atlanta based. That was, that was the main reason why I connected with them because I live in Atlanta now um, and it's like, oh, Atlanta filmmakers. And she's gotten me some work um, with friends of hers in Atlanta. And so that's been 
really fruitful um, and I'm sure will continue to be. Um, it's, it's great to have both of them and their extended connections as friends and connections and all that. Yeah, it was the founder. That was what I was thinking about. Do you guys remember the founder? Oh, where he was in the founder? He was in the founder. Yeah, he was <laughs> nice. in the founder and he was the loan officer that Brian Keaton's character was, or what's Michael his name? Keaton. Yeah, Michael Keaton was the going Batman. to get a loan. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so that's been, that's been awesome. So, you know, as I'm hearing it, Jason, can you sum up what are the reasons that A, a film production company should have interns and B, that someone should come and join an intern at a film company? Because Were you listening? Yes, because they'll learn. And you'll learn <laughs> and you'll become a better team for it. Um, yeah. In, in turning is a key part of growing as a creative. So you should definitely, if you can find any internship opportunities, I mean, it's why I'm on this podcast is because I took an internship at Phil Vischer enterprises yeah, way I was gonna back say, in the day. Yeah. You're, I want you to just tell, summarize that a little bit. I mean, you, you kind of started... have more to say about interning than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Not all that much. Um, I mean, I had to pay for my internship because I also took it as school credit. So that was whew, that was fun. It was like I did too. In the dollars. beginning, it was school okay. credit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a real racket to pay to get, uh, uh, you know, experience. Uh, but yeah, I, I came in as an intern. I was 18 um, at it was at that time Jellyfish Labs still uh, with Phil Vischer. I knew Bill Ebel, who is now edits, uh, you know, the girl who wore freedom. Yeah, uh, we're all a little family. Yeah, yeah. I, I I happened to know him through a friend of a friend sort of thing. And so I came in as an intern, spent a summer with them learning how to edit podcasts, how to do video direction. And then I was the only one who had any experience with 3D and they were gearing up to make uh, Galaxy Buck. And so I did a little bit of uh, experimentation with some 3D models and things, um, which was really fun. Um and then I had to leave to go back to school. So <laughs> at the end, I just did like three months and I was out. And um, then a couple of years later, when Luke, uh, when Bill and Luke, who were the two guys who, who were there, uh, left, um, I listened to the podcast and Phil goes, hey, if anyone knows anyone who like edits podcasts in the area or anything, like, let me know, because we need somebody. <laughs> and so I just sent him an email and that's how I, you know, I. I got in at uh, three hours a week. I was doing three hours a week freelance. I was the podcast guy. And um, yeah, it, it. I learned so much during that internship about uh, a lot of things, how to do it. And I think any creative studio, one of the things you're going to learn is how not to do things. Because as you go through the process of doing anything, you're going to make mistakes. And you know, I had really good people above me. Bill was one of them who was like, hey, this is a mistake I just made let me show you. And that was a really cool way to learn. It wasn't just, let me show you all the greatest hits. It was, I have mistakes that I can show you right here, right now that, so that you don't make them. And it was Bill really cool. makes mistakes. <laughs> At least you no, was allowed to say that to an intern. Learning <laughs> experience. And that would, that, that kind of stuff like make, like really like helps me feel more comfortable in what I'm doing. If I'm able to see, somebody who's like awesome killing it. Like they, they do awesome work and do it to see where, like where they like come up short and they realize it and they're correcting it. Well, it's you've got an encouragement because it makes me go, okay, me. I can, I don't have to be perfect 100% of the time. Yeah. yeah. You've gotten a lot of that with me. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Well, 
Oh, no, I'm not going to agree with that totally. <laughs> oh, you can well, totally agree with that. I mean, look, it's total it's totally true. I I agree with you, Jason. Our mistakes are what make us better. And we have to embrace them and we have to look at them. And that our mistakes do not mean we are failures. They are not our identity. Everybody is going to make them. And that's how we learn. And it's the question, you know, the question is, what do we do when we make them? You know, do we learn yes. or do we, you know, self-destruct? And Sam, I've seen you grow in that a lot. Uh, honestly, I've seen you grow in just accepting yourself and the mistakes that you make and getting back up on the horse and riding again. Um, and I've seen your self-confidence grow as a result of that. Yeah, it's it's growing. I still have a lot to learn. <laughs> um I, yeah, I, my, my heart was racing as we were about to go live on this podcast because I'm so nervous about being recorded without scripted words. <laughs> Aww, we're just a bunch of friends talking. That's yeah. all. But Jason, you know, it really is mind blowing to me to think of where you started. And and yeah. you didn't just start as a podcast. I mean, you started as a podcast guy. You haven't ended up as a podcast guy. You've done a lot of you still are doing yeah. the podcast. Stuff, yeah, but- I I. I- because I took that internship years ago and then became the podcast guy, I grew into uh, a 2D animator, which I'd never thought I would be able to do because I couldn't draw well enough. And then, of course, because I was a 2D animator, wow. I had to draw more and I became better and just kept at it. And now I'm actually good enough that I can draw our own show that we just launched on Instagram, um, which we were talking about a couple weeks wow. ago. Um, I then became uh, a like. like lead supervising editor. I became the lead animator. I became a a production manager because we built a small animation studio. And all that happened because I took an internship with, you know, three guys (laughs) and we built a small team and now, you know, and that time of my life is gone now. I'm not, I'm not a production manager anymore, but that doesn't mean I can, I can't do that again. And the skills I learned doing that are, they apply to almost everything, uh, particularly in the creative field. So, yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where like I have a friend who just accepted a position at a um, he's moving down to Texas. He just accepted a position to uh, be uh, the like lowest guy on the totem pole at a news station. And he had been a um, video director at his previous job, but he couldn't find anything at that level. And so he was like, I just got I got to get a job. And so he just took the lowest thing that was in the field because he wants to get back to where he was. And that is a really common story. Very rarely do we as creatives get to just have like a linear, you know, I've worked this one job and worked my way up the whole way. (laughs) It's a lot of jumping from job to job, jumping from project to project, learning and growing and taking steps back and then taking steps forward. And that's, that's kind of where I am right now. It's like, I'm kind of in this step back moment. Um, for like what I'm getting paid to do, but in the stuff that Sean and I are doing as a team or we're making our own show, um, it's really cool because I can just kind of do everything. I know how to do everything in the process because I was forced to learn everything earlier in my life. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing you said that really differentiates your experience and Sam's experience is the size of the production company that you guys are working in. Both of them are extremely small. And I do think that there is a much more quality experience or there can be in a very small production company. Because you just get to do a lot more, I think. Yeah. 
you get to get your hands on a lot more things when it's like, okay, you kind of got to wear a lot of hats. We need a lot of different things. <laughs> well, and yeah. you'll never like Jason, you may not be being employed or paid for all those things that you just listed off now. However, like you said, they're in your toolkit. Those are not going to go away at least till, you know, not until you're my dad's age, they're not <laughs> going to go away. Right. Uh, they're in your brain and um, you know, they're going to be uh, they're going to be things you can use. So it's a, really when you are starting at that low totem pole, when you are volunteering or paying for your own, you know, job or whatever um, you are investing in yourself, you're investing in yourself and you're investing in your future and I would say your experience, Jason, you know, clearly has paid off well. And I believe will continue to. Uh, Sam, I don't know. You'll have to speak for yourself about, you know, your experience interning with us. But hopefully it will be good for you going forward. Oh, yeah. No, 100 um, percent. It'll be good for me going forward. I mean, I, I, I get to edit a lot. I get to collaborate a lot. I've even gotten to direct a little bit because we've had other videos uh, edited by some of our other awesome interns. And uh, you've let me take some of the reins in some cases on uh, directing, uh, you know, the, the different drafts and the new edits on those. Um, so that's been really helpful. I, I, I always um, I love the opportunity to get a little bit of directing experience because it's something that's uh, I really badly want to do, but it's, it's very intimidating and it's such, it's such an art, you know, um, explaining, guiding people, figuring out the right way to say things, giving encouragement, giving, you know, your critiques. Um, so yeah, no, it's been awesome, um, working with you and, and working as a part of the team. And, and I've definitely, um, been sharpened a lot in, in, in a lot of my skills. Well, and truthfully, you know, now we're figuring out how to get you onto the Brave Dutch. So you've certainly proven your worth. And if this project gets funded, uh, you know, there'll be a job there for you. So super uh, excited. Yeah, That's going to be awesome. I'm excited for that too. Hopefully we drag Jason in there somehow. We'll see. You never know, Jason. Maybe we'll have money to pay you too. <laughs> I want nothing more than that. <laughs> so, you know, you had mentioned your so the uh, show you're working on, launching on Instagram. Why don't you tell us more about Jax and, and Sean? Yeah. Um, actually, I have one thing I want to say before we get to Go. that. Um, there's an episode of the podcast Script Notes, which the I talk about them quite a bit. They're all about script writing. They did an episode. I think it was episode 399 from what I've been able to find. It was an episode called Notes on Notes. And it's about how people give notes and how we as creatives take it as a fight or flight response. And it's a very interesting, you know, they get into the psychology of how you feel when, so, you know, it feels like someone's attacking you when they attack the thing you worked on. It's almost like when you see something attack your, your child is how, as how it, it feels. And so it's a great episode to listen to. If you I'll have to look into that for sure. Yeah. 399 of script notes. Absolutely. Any, any creative person should listen to it. Um, it also is great about how to give notes because you know what people are then experiencing. Mm, so maybe I should yeah. listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put the link in the, in the description. Um, okay, perfect. So uh, yeah, back to Jax and Sean. Um, actually today was a really good day. I think when we left off um, before and I was talking about it, we were shadow banned, which meant that all of our, all the things we posted couldn't get out to anyone besides our followers. So we were really, really limited in trying to uh, expand beyond that. We've been unshadow banned 
and our growth has just been explosive to the point where we have 964 followers now. Um, when we were talking last time, I think we had less than a hundred. Um, we've, we've, we launched August 1st. We're recording this August 20th. We have 964. We are almost to a thousand. And that is so hard to do <laughs> to get over a thousand. Um, we've just been seeing this amazing response for, um, we've seen, any, uh, anywhere from, 20 to 25% of people who look at our page end up following us, which that conversion rate is almost unheard of. The traditional conversion rate for an Instagram page is one to 2%. So we're just seeing these awesome metrics and things are just popping off. We had a a reel we posted today. It's about Batman up on a roof and they think he's about to jump. And so (laughs) he's just like, no, 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 it's, it's me. (laughs) And that reel took off and we got uh, over 3000 views in just two hours, which wow. for a tiny wow. little Instagram channel, that's less than it's we're three weeks old. We're three weeks old today. Um, we're, we're really excited about um, where that's going. So yeah, it's, it's been fun. You know, every once in a while you have a dud and it's just like, Oh man, that one barely got 200 views. And then the next one will get 1500. And so it's like, you know, not really sure what's playing into that. If it's, was this a good reel? Was it just the algorithm? We don't know, but we're not shadow banned anymore and we're seeing awesome growth. And it, it's weird because we're actually like starting to get fans like people messaging us like, I love your animation. How do you do that? Yeah, <laughs> are you just getting See, it's great, yeah. isn't it? It's it's been really fun and um, I'm loving it. I'm loving what we're doing. Yeah. So, well, so yeah, um, if, if you haven't gone and checked it out, check out Jax and Chon, C-H-A-W-N uh, on Instagram. Do you want to talk a little bit about your perspective or your point of view or what you're trying to do with this little series? Yeah. Um, so one of the main things we wanted to do was we wanted to start to get together an audience because an audience is really, really valuable. I mean, you know that Christian, that's how you got Sam, the Holy post audience got us, got you, Sam. So there's and just all my so other interns <laughs> and a lot of your donations and, and yes, a lot and of things that made, made the film possible. So an audience is a really cool thing. And so, like I said, we've been making this show in some form. We started in like 2017, early 2017. And so what we're really trying to do is get an audience and honestly just make stuff because making stuff will always make you better. And like that sketch I was just talking about with Batman, I wrote that completely. Like I wrote it yesterday, voiced it yesterday night, or I guess two nights ago. So I wrote it two nights ago voiced it record, you know, got it all recorded, animated it, sent it to Sean, got it approved and then posted it today. And it's just like the, the speed of having to make an animation a day. doesn't matter if it's five seconds or it's almost a minute, like you got to make an animation a day. And so we have a big back catalog, so I don't actually have to make one a day, but we have to post one a day. And so that just kicks your brain into overdrive. Cause it's like, all right, we got to write. We got to, <laughs> we got to start drawing. We got to start finding backgrounds. Um, we got to start, you know, just doing a lot of things to make, to get this off the ground. And like I said, just a reel a day, which a reel is just the term for vertical video, uh, on Instagram shorter than a minute. Um, otherwise it's called IGTV and that's, that's a different thing. So reels are where the explosive growth is right now. So we're hitting reels really hard. Because we just want to, we just want to make stuff. We just want to, we, we kind of got tired of like, our initial idea with this was we wanted to make it a sketch show and pitch it around to people, like actually get to networks and be like, Hey, you know, you, you should, you should put this show on your network. 
and we just got tired. I mean, why wait? We can literally make it ourselves. So why wait? And this way we own it ourselves too. We're not going to have to, you know, only get paid in royalties. If something ever comes through with this, we own it. It's ours. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting process to go through because the initial con- conception of it was a show that we were going to try and sell to people. And now it's just like, nah, put it up for free and see what happens. And that's exactly what we're talking about with uh, Joe Amade last week about Avod and where the future is going. That's what Instagram is. It's kind of an Avod service because every once in a while you get an ad <laughs> and that's what's supporting it is, is the ads in between the content. And so it's very short form. It's probably called a fast streamer is how you would describe it. Um, but yeah, we're, we're kind of living on that edge. We want to see where this, uh, where this goes and what we can do with it. It's super cool. And it's been fun to watch, you know, the growth and the development. And I really, you know, wish you the best. We're, we're now following your journey as well. And uh, <laughs> it's going to be great for sure. Yeah, we, we should maybe have uh, Sean on sometime. We could let's we talk do about it. the three of us working together on the podcast. And <laughs> now let's do it. For sure. <laughs> Although well, he's really Sam. busy, so he's going to hate that I suggested that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can schedule us in. Um, I'll have my people call his people and we'll get worked out. Uh, so, Sam, do you have any uh, remaining words of wisdom, last words of wisdom before we go? Um, Just to any young filmmaker, aspiring filmmaker out there, um, don't be afraid to intern and do some work for free um, as long as don't do it for free just because it's free like there's people who would take advantage of you Um, but like I I know a lot of people who are like oh like I'm I'm not gonna do it unless it's you know uh, valuable to me it it surprises me that not more people um, answered Christian's call on on the podcast because I thought this was just the coolest opportunity ever. Um, it's, it, it's a, it's a documentary that you were going to get into film festivals. And I knew this. And the, the fact that I was just able to hop on like so quickly was the coolest thing ever. I didn't care. I didn't even care if I got college credit. I ended up getting college credit, which was a bonus. Um, and all the other stuff that's coming out, uh, coming out of it is, uh, so in, immensely valuable to me, both on a, a personal and on a career level. Um, so, um, don't, uh, don't pass on an opportunity just because it isn't paid because, uh, you can look at other, other values you can get from an opportunity. Um, that's well, and thing. you eventually ended up getting a little bit of pay and, and some yep. other benefits. And so, more could come cause I could be on brave Dutch. Like exactly. if I didn't answer that one call, then we <laughs> wouldn't have had a working relationship and I wouldn't have that coming whenever that project gets off the ground. So yeah. There's That's a true. Lot coming. You said one thing that was really interesting. I want to touch on, you said, don't, you know, don't just volunteer for everything that's free because people can take advantage of you. And that's a very good little tip there because there are, you do need to be careful. If you're out there looking for free projects, you do need to be careful to vet the people, vet the projects a little bit. And even if you don't and you jump into a situation, if you begin to be treated poorly, um, I think that's a sign that you might not be in the wrong, in the right place. I mean, what do you think about that? Um, 
You know, I, I said that and then come to think of it, because my philosophy has really been just say yes to anything as long as there isn't, you know, something better that, you know, you have to turn down in order to take it. Um, every time I've done something for free, I've gotten something out of it, even if it wasn't like the best people to be a part of. I still met other people that I was able to to have to, to create some cool connections or you can even learn lessons from like people who do things, you know, not the right way. And you can, you can look at that. Like, you know, I, I hesitate to say just take every unpaying opportunity because like someone could get really taken advantage of, but honestly, like every time I've just said, yeah, let's do it. Even if I wasn't paid, I've always gotten something out of it. Um, at the very least, like if it's a bad choice, you just finish your day and you don't have to work for that person again. You know, Being willing to take a risk and also being willing to like, if you're doing something for free, you probably haven't signed a contract. You have no actual obligation to finish the thing. If it's terrible, yeah. this obviously isn't a legal advice, but you can probably leave. And yeah, that's probably, that can be a good call. I've had to do that a couple times <laughs> early in my career, but that's a big part of the career is, is taking risks early on. Yeah, 100%. So that's my final advice is don't be afraid to take some risks. Awesome. Well, this has been super fun to talk to you guys. I hope our listeners have enjoyed it. Um, there will be listener notes and Jason will put his, um, you know, Jackson Chon in there. He'll also put in there about the script notes. Uh, you can follow us at thegirlywarfreedom.com and all of our associated social media uh, channels. We still are looking for volunteers. If anybody is listening, donations are still necessary. Patreon supporters are, you know, really appreciated. And we just really thank you for listening. So thanks for coming back each week. We appreciate you. And Jason, I'll turn it over to you. Well, thank you for listening to Documentary First, the podcast where we believe everyone has a story to tell and you can be the one to tell it. Yes, you can. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Documentary First. We really appreciate your partnership with us. We can't do any of this without you. So thank you so much for listening, for donating, and for following along on our journey. If you are able to make a donation this week, we would really appreciate it. We are supported by donors who give us $100 or less, so anything helps. Also, if you're able to share the news about The Girl Who Wore Freedom with your friends and family, please do that on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or email. And sign up for our newsletter at thegirlwhowarefreedom.com. Please go to thegirlwhowarefreedom.com slash donate to make a donation today.